Alright, we're in. Yar. Welcome to the Salty Bread Book Club. Today's wave. Um, man, I was just thinking about it, like, there have been times throughout, like, I would say this week where I just haven't been as motivated. You know, it can kind of feel like a, almost a chore to practice meditation, to, to read the book, to interpret and dissect and digest everything that's occurring. Um, but I just kind of pressed on and man, like some incredible like results, bro. Like really, have you, have you experienced that? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I went for a run yesterday and the thought popped in my head. It was like, it was just like, <laughs> whatever you're trying to figure out, you'll, you never will. And you don't need to. <laughs> I mean, which is kind of rad because uh, one of the things that he was talking about in this chapter that stuck out to me. Um, Wait, before you, before you go to that. Yeah. Go back. What were you saying though? It's like, it felt like a chore. It felt like unmotivated. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> felt like work, right? Like, because it is work what we're doing and what we are essentially exploring is it, it takes effort and can, can take energy. So I guess to have the courage to, to continue to dig, right. And to continue to sort through these uh, like pieces of your like conscious and subconscious. It's so interesting. Cause I ha I've had the similar experience for a few weeks now with this book. Mm. And like, I'm so, that's why I'm so glad we're doing this because, it, you know, it do, has felt like work. It's like, I've got to read the chapter by, by next Thursday, you know? And Mark's supposed to be lazy and just like read like half and be like, oh yeah, well, like he'll never know because there's enough material in there. But, you know, I would be doing a disservice to myself. Same and you yeah. And it, and it was, it, it's, it was interesting because I continually get proven wrong. Mm. I'm so glad that we read this chapter, dude. Like, it gets deep, bro. It gets like, he gets into some really uh, radical topics, I think, which are cool to explore. He tied it all in nicely, too, the way that he kind of, you finally figure out where he stands on the whole like spirituality thing. Um, you know, for those listening, like, he ends up being like agnostic, which mm -hmm. was kind of, which I was surprised by a little bit um it's interesting in the way he words things too it's like he 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 does a good job of of uh owning the validity of science so he's telling you i'm having these weird kind of mystic experiences like i had a dream where i where a guru taught me something who i'd never met before and then i, I show up and it is that guru you know that was in my dream who i'd never even seen before or known met and he's, but at the same time, he's saying, I would never stamp this as some form of evidence of supernatural <laughs> uh, extraterrestrial behavior. Which is, um, which is interesting, right? Like a lot of people, myself included, I feel have had something that they would describe as 
a like radical spiritual experience. Um, For me, the synchronicity is what what's been fucking me up this week is like literally, you know, I had this thought I've been struggling with the guru concept. Like I've really been trying to wrap my mind around all these teachers that I'm listening to and reading from. And then, like you were saying with the work, like I really didn't want to read the book. And then the day I was like, I got to start reading because it's a long chapter. I got to be ready by Thursday. I open it up and he breaks down the problem I've been having for me. Hmm. That was what the whole first part of that chapter was about is like how every, every guru, mystic or teacher is all saying their own style of whatever they're saying. And, you know, there's a level of truth to some of it, but you, you can't hold on to anything. Yeah, I, I thought it was very powerful when he begins to discuss um, the allure that some of these people can have because they're so like charismatic that we can begin to just start to follow them like based on on that alone, you know. And then and then he gives the examples of like you know, Manson and uh, Jim Jones and like some of those people who are leading these like radical groups. Marshall Applegate is my favorite dude. The one who they all drank poison thinking that Haley's comment <laughs> was going to take them. <laughs> I, I got to imagine there had to be like one person that was like, nobody else, <laughs> nobody else like see a problem with this. <laughs> like, <laughs> Dude, you can go to YouTube. You can watch all of them give their last testimonies. They had a camera. They had them all say their name, their alien name. and like There's one guy, bro. I'm telling you to go back and watch it. There's one guy. He's like, wow, like this is bullshit. Like nobody else wants a problem with this. Like where is HR? I need to speak to a resources manager immediately. <laughs> yeah, I think they were sponsored by Nike. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, just don't do it would have been the motto for that. Like, <laughs> yeah, so like, like you're saying, dude, like, there's a, and he talked about there's like the gaze, right? The guru gaze. Mm -hmm. And he's going, have you tried that experiment? Just, just looking into people's eyes, not breaking eye contact? I'm doing it right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, dude, it's, yeah, I, I fell into a fucking Osho K-hole, man. Like, he put that YouTube link in, you know, to look at that gaze. Mm. And then, as would have it, the YouTube link ceased to exist. It disappeared. Content unavailable. Wow. And so I went and looked up Osho interviews and saw exactly what he was talking about. And, uh... It's powerful, man. I, I think when you mix teachings like that with charisma um personality traits like that as well you know like just this aura because i mean we've i have experience where you just meet people you don't have to be a guru man like you just meet people and something about them becomes instantly attractive to you and like there just seems to be like a an eight want to get to know that person or see what they're about you know and like uh, it's really, I have a more understanding for how easily it could be depending on what status of mind you're in to like follow something like that, right? Like you're essentially searching for something and this person presents something that you, that you want or like they have and you, you know, and you're finding it attractive. So 
Yeah, that's another thing that he mentioned in the in the chapter that what we're really doing as human beings, we're reading and we're listening and we're we're the thoughts and ideas of others to essentially change our conscious experience. You know, he tied that in with drug use as well as like the human experience as such is kind of like we're looking to elevate or and basically we're looking to create a more enjoyable life experience through the stimulation of others, whether it be their thoughts, their ideas, their art, or it be substances like psilocybin or MDMA or LSD is like, we want to improve our conscious experience. Yeah. I, um, I was looking at this note that I have and, I typed it and it was like, why does the word guru make people lose their fucking minds and just follow? Like, it's true, right? Like, and it doesn't even have to be with spirituality. It could be anything, man. Like you just slap the word guru in front of it and bro, people lose their minds and they can sometimes blindly like follow it, you know, again, because they're like searching to, to connect to this thing. Um, I don't, I don't want to go too far off, but you could say the same about groupthink or ideologies, right, right wing or left wing or nationalities is like following an idea also is kind of similar. Oh, for sure. But that's why like, man, one of the biggest things that I have gotten out of this whole practice is to be open-minded enough to explore all like levels of information and to somehow try to come back to this level of like balanced and like centered, you know, so that I have a certain level of clarity in my exploration. I have a certain like understanding of, you know, I don't necessarily know what I'm looking for, but I know I'm going to find something if that makes sense. Hmm. Do you, have you had any experiences with um, psychedelic substances? Oh, wow. Have I? Yeah, bro. I, um, man, I went through a whole phase where like, you know, the old, like, um, do you remember the, the like wives tale of like, Oh, if you do like this much like LSD or, you know, this much, whatever you're considered like legally insane. You remember hearing that? Yeah. I I was like hell bent on a mission to like take that amount and like then some, because for whatever reason, I decided it was a great idea to be considered legally insane. So, So yeah, I have some experience. Did you, could you relate to what he was talking about with, I mean, I, first of all, the, the quote that he did by Terrence McKenna was the shit. Terrence McKenna describing DMT trip. Yeah, that was rad. I've never experienced DMT, um, but from what I'm reading it, it felt like they, he communicated it in a way that I could fully synthesize and understand. Uh, I felt it. Like, I felt what he was saying. <laughs> like, the, the, it's endlessly fascinating. These goddamn space mechanical elves, dude, like, they, every DMT trip has these, these uh, astro elves or some shit. Um, but yeah, so like, but the beauty that Harris was describing as well, like I've taken so many LSD trips, dude, like mm-hmm. mushroom as well, loved it. And it was like, 
it, it really brings you into, like he said, he wrote something about how there's a difference. There's, there's one thing when you understand the biology of a, a giant redwood oak tree, you know, and you yep. see it and you appreciate it. But it's another thing when you're in communion with it, like it's a living entity. Yep. And I've felt that so many times. Um, and yeah, I wanted to know, you know, like, he, he, he went into the nightmarish potentiality of the psychedelic experience. Have you had any of those? Bro, I had some, like, I had one trip that was, mm, man, it was crazy, bro. Like, there was a kid that, it was me and two other gentlemen. We were, like, started off in this basement. We just, we, like, took a bunch of acid, and there was no real way of, because it was on sugar cubes. So, like, they had dropped it all on sugar cubes, and, when we got the bag, it was just, it wasn't actual individual cubes anymore. So there was no telling how much you were taking. It was literally a one whole bag of sugar. Oh my God. So we just kind of like divvied it up into thirds and then just took it. And uh, I remember we were watching like one of those um, telethon, like prayer, you know, like infomercials on like, you know, channel three on your television set back then. And we just kept like fucking with this kid, you know, like, oh man, like they're talking about you, you know, these guys like going off on this biblical tangent and we're like looking at him, telling him, you know, he's going to hell and just fucking with him really. And then, uh, like I'd go outside, man. And I remember at the time I was like smoking a cigarette and like, I look at the ground and it's just got this like ambient, like heartbeat and like the ground has like water ripples in it. And then I see these like fucking weird like Keebler demonic elves fucking running around and shit. Um, but I knew, you know, this is not reality, man. Like I'm not, I'm in a whole level of other consciousness right now. I, I, I knew that it wasn't that what I was experiencing was not like really happening, I guess, you know? Right. It's just temporary. Yeah. I, I've gotten the best I can kind of describe it is it's like you get into like this, First of all, you, when you're tripping, it's like nothing can stay on your conscious attention for more than six seconds. Right. So even if you have a thought, um, that thought, you won't even remember what you thought six seconds later. Somebody could say something to you and then you'll hear them agree with them. And then six seconds later, you'll forget whatever they actually just asked. And they'll ask you again. And you'll be like, what do you mean? You can get loops like that. Yeah. Um, and I could really uh, relate with what he talked about, like, entering the eternal shame you know like there was times when i took a trip and it was i was not in the best circumstances and my mind would just loop at how terrible of a human being i was and how meaningless and hopeless you know and, and like shameful i should be for having you know not gone to workouts or not gone to class or doing bad in school you know and it just like emphasize like it like magnifies itself until you're just like so you're just in a pit of despair and you can't get out of it. That's like a bad trip. Uh, and then there's, there's other States where, you know, I think the best film I've seen that really like shows a good context of what it's like when you're tripping in, in regards to like human behavior is midsummer by Ari Aster. Mm. Cause they're all out there. They're eating mushrooms and you know, somebody, comes walks by their group and everyone gets scared like oh a new person we don't not another not a new person dude they're not good and another person's like no dude dude new people are good don't worry <laughs> you know like any sort of change or dynamic shift it's like you're so hypersensitive bro it's 
I've experienced that. I remember I was taking some uh, acid in like South Georgia at this college. And I started out with uh, like a couple of my buddies, like probably like five or six of my buddies. And then I was down there visiting some friends and there was another pocket of friends that I was supposed to go see as well. And so like, I'm tripping balls at this point, bro. And I get separated from my group of people who now have this like compassion and understanding that like, you know, everything is changing. And like, I go to talk to these other group of friends and I was like, oh man, like this is, I am not good here. Like I am an antelope that has been segregated from the herd. And like, this is a scary world out here, man. And, um, but then like we ended up re like reconnecting, you know, and I end up getting back with my friends that are like in the same like mental like space that I'm at. And uh, funny story about that, bro. I called the world series winner a year before it happened. Oh, so like, so we we're like sitting outside. We had moved this guy's furniture from inside his apartment. We moved everything outside to like the like general like lawn area. So now we're just like hanging out and like I'm like checking out like pink elephants and like shit going on around me, you know, and and I don't remember how it came up, but uh, I was like, the air, I just it just like hit me and I just stated it, you know, there was no even context to it. I was like, the Arizona Diamondbacks will win the World Series this year. And like, I was like making a bet with one of my buddies who was like a huge Yankees fan. He's like, oh, no way. I was like, I'm, I'll bet you right now. Arizona Diamondbacks, bro, calling it. And sure as shit, that was the year they won. <laughs> Man, dude. Swear, bro, swear. That's what, dude, that's what was interesting about this chapter is like, he left it open. Like, he's open to clairvoyance. He was like, I'm, I'm always interested in, I'm open to the idea of psychic abilities. If there's science to back it up, was always going to be his thing. But it was wild to me that he, yeah, but he didn't really slam it. Like, he, when they were talking about near-death experiences, Mm. He slammed that shit. He was like, bro, that's not a thing. <laughs> like this guy who thinks he it was in heaven, he's that, basically had a DMT trip. Like, right. Yeah. He was essentially like cutting that dude to pieces, which made sense though, because, you know, without getting too deep into what he was talking about, but the science behind what the man was stating just did not match, especially for somebody who's a neuroscientist, which I thought was so rad because it was like, man, how often does that happen? And how much of that is like a summation of what we've been talking about, about what people think they experienced is more than likely probably not reality. You know, like there's a lot of other stuff going on in that memory that because you have like this blind spot, like you're not gonna, you know, you're not going to remember the whole thing correctly. Right. And, um, and there was a, a thing in there that he was talking about, bro, that was so rad. And I, and I wrote it down, but he's talking about, let's not pretend to know what we don't and let's just experience the practice of like mindfulness, essentially. Like I'm paraphrasing there, but like, that fucking blew my mind because it's like, I won't speak for anybody else, bro. I'll speak for myself, but I'm guilty of thinking that I know a lot of things. Right. And the reality is, man, like it serves me much more uh, to 
to just erase that mentality and just be open-minded constantly and experience moments. That was like one of the biggest lessons I have gotten from that chapter and like a summation of all the pieces that we've been working on so far. What, what has your experience been like uh, this week? Glad you asked. I feel like um, one of those fucking space monkeys, you know, like when they were just first traveling out to space. That's how I feel, bro. Like just strap me in. I don't really know where I'm going. I know that I'm going somewhere and like I'm going to get shot out into space, bro, and check out what's going on out there for a while. Yeah, man. Like it was proven to me this week how 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 important it is for me to share what I'm thinking. Like well, I called we talked on the phone two days ago and I was struggling with the whole social media thing, you know? I'm not aware that my mind is rationalizing narratives um, to try and sustain a more comfortable level of existence. So and this was just kind of like the, the waking up moment for me was after the after the phone call with you. It seems it seemed to me that what I discovered through processing with you was the reality of fear that I had that I was, I was saying, you know, I was coming up with all the reasons why I didn't need to check social media. You know, when the reality was, I'm just afraid. Like I'm afraid to look at it. I don't want my emotions to be high or low. It's a, it's a control issue, you know? And that, and that for me, that was, that was a huge, huge thing because the next day on the run it was like you know why are we doing all this why are we the meditative meditations the mindfulness you know reading through this book doing the podcast what is it that we're aiming at what is it we're trying to do those were questions i started asking myself yeah man like um one of the things that he touched on that like I would relate back to what you're saying is again, if I'm going into this mentality of like, I'm, I'm obviously being like shot out in a space and I'm looking, I'm going to find something, right. It really has shifted my mentality to be this uh, spiritual investigator. I want to investigate my mind and, I'm either going to find beauty or like this real piece of secure solitude and what I discover there. And he narrows it down to tell me that essentially meditation is settling into my own skin so that I can suffer less. And those words that he used to say that bro are amazing because the word suffer has such a, a myopic like point right? Like you say that word and, and it, you think painful and you think a lot of these other like adjectives that are associated with it, but suffering means man, just like to not be less, you know, confused about who I am and, or who I think I am or what I'm experiencing or right. Like that, that's what suffer to me, suffer less to me means is to really be like secure and like solitude. Yeah, it's almost like suffering gets produced when our expectations don't align, don't align with reality. Happens all the time. Yeah. It happens all the time, bro. Like, people have this expectation that 
life is going to go a certain way and you know what happens when it doesn't show up as you planned it that's the real question right like the old famous like mike tyson quote like it's all good until you get punched in the mouth and like that's going to repeatedly happen yeah yeah it's 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 almost like a game of of adaptability you know a game of like I'm, i've been trying to figure out like i don't the, the thing i learned was i don't need to figure anything out anymore yeah I need to experience you know um yeah i don't know it's just been it's been a trip for me too dude like i i find myself being spaced out for a minute and then like back to earth and then it's just like you know kind of like I don't know, just kind of like it really does. One of the things I, I realized this morning was I'm still, when I wake up in the mornings generally, I still wake, wake up kind of in like an angsty, existential, like, oh, I'm here again. What the fuck, you know? And uh, I started noticing like when I go to my phone and I look and I have like a message from somebody or, or text from people, it immediately changes my mood. Like, and I know that you could scientifically say that's dopamine. You could say it's serotonin, whatever, but what really it's doing is it's allowing my brain not to think and it's putting my thoughts on that are someone else's. And, um, and I think that the, one of the things missing in a meditative practice a lot of times or a mindful practice is the communion with other people of like really sharing, you know, what the experience is like and what, what we're learning because I don't think like that's where it's like this weird duality where it's extremely important to get alone and really seek to understand oneself in quiet contemplation, but life is going to show up, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> he, he goes in there and he starts talking about how we direct our energies to cognitive like things that we can grab onto and that we value like back to, politics or you know brands that we associate with and all these things and what's funny man is like we can get hung up on these things that we value and they really don't add any value to like my experience like it's all it well let me back up they add a superficial value to my experience so it's like why do I choose that? You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not any of those things that I associate my, myself with or try to associate myself with. Right. Like I, yeah. Like I feel like a lot of times, man, like it would be better to be open-minded and to continue to explore and to continue to unfold these like new parts of the labyrinth of my brain that, you know, and, and I, I understand what you're saying about sharing those things with people and having that communion, which is also why it's been rad to go on this journey, like with you and then take what we've learned and what we're meditating and what we're experiencing and like take those seeds, man, and like throw them back out into the world because man, like I wish people could be on this journey with us. Yeah, that's like when I come down to it and I was thinking about this today, but like when, when I think of the point is like really the point of all this stuff, the mindful, the meditation, the sharing, all this stuff is to, 
put myself in a position of potentiality that if I can really embody a higher level of being, it will positively impact anyone I may encounter. So in essence, there is a level of progress on the spiritual path. Like as much as we're talking about being in the moment and being aware that we're thinking and being aware that we are not even the thing that's aware of the thoughts, you know, being aware that we're this collective expression of cosmic intelligence in the form of human, like we're all interlocked in this organism called, you know, whatever, whatever reality is, you know, um, but also realizing like, I still have this natural biological uh, desire for progress, you know, and we are monkeys, we're apes with these hands and we utilize tools and we can connect ideas. And it's like, what do we want to do while we're here? What do I want to do while I'm here is like, when I comes down to it, it's like, I want to be, I want to be the best me I can possibly be. You know, I want to be a, of, I want to figure out what it is in me that wants to express itself and whatever form that takes. Um, because I just, I don't, I don't know. I like, I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to take, take all this stuff and distill it in a way where I'm not holding on to it, but like formulating a, my own philosophy with it. Yeah. I mean, I can only just take it in, absorb it and give it away. Right. I'm so, I'm always been a firm believer. Um, and I can't transmit something that I don't have, you know, and like it's selfish. It would be selfish to learn this stuff and then not practically, uh, give it back away out into the world. And, uh, if anything, I have seen that my interactions uh, with people, I can't speak on their end, but you know, my experience with the world since starting this has been much more enjoyable. Like, you know, the things that I smell, like taste and touch, like it seems to have a certain level of more uh, depth than I would have known. And the only thing that changed was like my perspective, right? Like the work that I've been trying to hone in and be like so focused in on right here right now the words that i choose are specific right like i'm focused in on the conversation that we're having i'm not worried about checking my email or whatever and um it really has drastically improved uh, my ability to like settle into my own skin and be comfortable because a lot of times, man, like I've got, we've talked about it before, but I get so inundated with so many other forms of stimulation that, you know, I, I'm, I'm just kind of existing. I'm not really in the moment. It's just, I'm waiting for the next moment to pass so that I can move on to the next thing. You know, it's very, it's, it's very task oriented. It's very like rat racish and like I'm not out of it but I'm reducing my like participation, I guess. Yeah. I've been caught in the same thing. It's almost like once I get into the flow of life and doing stuff, I just lose track of who I am at the core, like the deepest levels. I lose track of what things mean to me and, and what matters. You know, I just, I get caught up in the race. Um, yeah. And it's just bringing it back 
bringing it back and reminding like they're really you know is i don't know just bringing it back to center is something that it, it feels like a game it's like this is this is the game you know you're in it life is going to be played around you it's going to be played through you but I, like i don't want any like the one thing you said last week and i know you haven't had a chance to listen to the episode yet the one thing that you said last week that was it's so interesting listening back because when you said it to me i disagreed like my wall was up didn't want to hear it but you were what i needed to hear what you shared which was when you're not into someone's energy you know you just go elsewhere you just move along i'm always I'm still caught up in the, my old way of thinking of there's something wrong with me. There's something inside me I have to uncover when it really is a balance of both. Like sometimes you gotta be like, fuck y'all I'm out. Yeah. I mean, right. Like I kind of think of things a lot of times in um, just simple, like proton, neutron, electron, right? Like positive, negative, neutral. And, you know, there are some times where people's energy is, is opposite of mine and like they fit into my life, but only on a small dosage and it keeps me balanced. What I meant is like, if anything, any, and there's some people that are just, first of all, I'm weirdly nervous of anybody who is like overly positive. You know what I mean? Like if you're 100% overly positive and like you're, whatever you're posting on social media is like, you know, radically bunnies and super happy to me you're probably a fucking serial killer and like something is wrong here like <laughs> i'm nervous right like yeah. i'm nervous if you're you're portraying that imagery and and um you know but i say that just you know just to say man like again i don't want too much of one thing in my life i don't want too much of you know like that's what i meant by if people's energy doesn't jive with mine and where i'm at man like just circle around and move about because nothing of value can come out of this to me. Like you're restricting me from, from being present. You're restricting me from feeling serenity and like peace in my life. And that's what I'm really after, bro. Like is that level of, um, you know, serenity that, that I've experienced is second to none, bro. Bigger than any drug or, or experience that I've had. Cause I can choose to, to experience that constantly if I work hard enough. And that's what I meant. Was there, was there anything else in this chapter that, that brought, that you want to talk about? Because what we got next is we've got a conclusion, which is literally like, it's probably like three pages of a conclusion. I'm looking at it right now. And then we have to pick a new book. Um, no, man, not really. I think we've like really trekked through, you know, like this chapter, there's a lot in there and, and, uh, yeah, it was really cool the way that he kind of buttoned it all down and like circled all back and, you know, really let you know, like, especially with like the near death experiences and you know, how you could assimilate that to, you know, the exact same thing as somebody experiences with like DMT. Um, and, you know, he just kind of buttons all that stuff down to uh, a, like a really good, like fine point. I appreciated that. 
what would you say? Let's let's wrap up this book then. You want to do our final thoughts on this book? Yeah, and then just move on to a new one. Yeah, and then next week we'll just we'll share whatever book we're going to be doing next week and just kind of reassimilate or reassess this this one. But like before we do the full kind of breakdown of what this book was and and what we're going to do next, what would you say your kind of final thought is with with all the stuff we've learned from Sam Harris? I would say that if you are on the brink of curiosity and you have ideas that you may want to pursue this this ability to wake up to go ahead and like step off into the abyss because there is so much value that I have received from having that level of fearlessness and you know stepping out there man like I would rather be in this state of um, perpetual exploration than to just kind of be stuck thinking that I know all these things or that like you know my ego tells me that I'm X, Y, and Z. And, uh, you know, like I would rather be where I'm at today exploring with this like open-ended possibility of where I could potentially land than to be stuck in the mindset that I had a mere four weeks ago of like, I'm good. I've got this shit figured, you know, uh, you better be a fucking guru if you want me to pay attention. So you're essentially saying when someone goes into the, like step into the abyss is being willing to let go of their preconceived notions of what meditation may be or what, what yes. their beliefs may be. Yeah. I thought I had ideas on that. Right. Like I thought I had like secure, firm beliefs in that. And it's like, man, those have all been smashed. You know what I mean? Like, and sometimes I feel like a rag doll, dude. Sometimes I feel like I'm just like life itself is kind of whipping me around, man. I'm like, Oh fuck. I thought things were this way. Then it's like crack. Oh shit. Waking up again. Like, Nope, it's not that way. It's this way. And it's like, which pills were taken, right? Yeah. I mean, that's, what's so interesting is like, that's what I loved so much about that. This chapter was it really gave, it gave me permission and it, it projected for me what I was struggling with. I was reading on paper my struggle with trying to embody the ideologies and, and mystical theories and practices of others, where it was like, hold on, let's wipe the entire slate clean. You get to decide what your life is going to look like, you know? Exactly. It's in your power. Again. I want to be that like uh, spiritual investigator, man. You know, I want to just continue on the road, bro. And you know, that's, that's always been one of my favorite books is on the road by Jack Kerouac because bro, he didn't know shit. He just wanted to go out and experience life. And he just starts trekking across the U S bro. And like, you read the stories and the things that he experienced and like, it's fucking pretty rad when he just like stopped, you know, worrying about what the rest of the world was doing and just like stepped out on his own journey. And like, that's essentially what I want to do, man. Like I'm not worried about what everybody else is doing. What I can tell you is like, if you, if you meet and talk to me today, that 
I'm trying to constantly evolve. I don't ever want to be in a status of stag, like stagnant because that's a slow and painful death for me. Yeah. Bro. Yeah. And honestly, that's what I was doing last week with hiding from social media. It was just an example. It's like, I don't know. It's, it's, yeah, I'm, I'm ready for the, what do you think about the next one, dude? I don't know. Let's, uh, how do you want to do that? I don't know, dude. Um, yeah, I mean, I've got, I've got books here, but I'd be open to getting another one. I'm down. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what kind of, let's, let's just leave it, leave it here. We'll talk about it off offline. You know, if you guys listening or watching have any suggestions of something that we would, uh, that you'd want to read or, ha- or, or for us to discuss, send it our way, but yeah, let's keep it open. Let's see what wants to show up for the next, next book. Yeah, for sure. I'm in. Cool, dude. Well, yeah, dude, this has been waking up with Sam Harris, dude. This has been the salty bro book club. Too salty. I, uh, if you're feeling dehydrated, it's definitely Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. Well, man, then let's, let's hit them with some tunes and roll out until, until next week. All right, bro. I'm going to go post the, uh, uh, the other ones on our, our socials. The other ones? Yeah. Like the other uh, last week's episode, I got to post a video to like, uh, IG and stuff. Oh, nice. Yeah. I'm going to do that too. Um, the, the screenshot, but I want to post the video cause that video was fucking hilarious. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I was, you know how I, I'm like a, such a perfectionist. I really wish I could have nailed the alien tone. It, it was like too deep. Anyway, it's yeah, it was fun to make. Um, and yeah, man, we'll be back next week with another episode. Uh, any final thoughts? Nah. Any idea for music? <gasps> nah. All right. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll think about it and then uh, I'll, I'll hit you with it. All right. Thanks for joining us, everybody. And uh, we'll catch you next week. Bye, bro. Stay salty. Later, dude. Later, bro. I'm just what you may got. Not many I trust, I'ma go my own way, God Take my fate to wherever you want, I'm out here On my son, won't stop till I get me some Club hopping, trying to get me some Bad bitches wanna get me sprung Early in the morning, I'm waking, baking, drinking, contemplating Ain't no such thing as Satan Evil is what you make it Thank the Lord for that burning bush That big body beans I was born to push On my way, I'm burning kush Nigga, don't be worried about us Neighbors knocking on the door Asking, can we turn it down? I say, ain't no music on she said, no, that weed is loud Nigga, we ballin' Trey swaggin' Lost heart, but I'm maintainin' I've been told that I'm amazing. Make sure I keep that fire blazing. We livin' I, I need, need more Oh, 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 oh I need I, I need, need to smoke Who gon' hold me down now? I wanna get high, oh, oh, I wanna get high, oh, oh We need to get by, oh, oh, Can you get me high, oh, I wanna get high, oh, I wanna get high, oh, We need to get by, oh, 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 o
me tell you about my month, y'all. In the shop and I had a ball. I had the ball for therapy. My strength don't think that helps at all. Whatever. That man ain't wearing these leather pants. I diagnosed my damn self. These damn pills ain't working, fam. In, in my spare time, punching walls, fucking up my hand. I know that shit sounds super great, but if you had my life, you'd understand. But I can't fold. Some poor soul got it way worse. We're all troubled in the world, and trouble was scary to have a kid walk this earth. I'm what you made, God. Fuck, yes, I'm so odd. Think about all my old friends who want my friends all along. When it rains, it pours. Biscuit bottles on the seats and floors. Every day the fight says a chore. Mr. Dream with no exit doors. I need. Bye.